Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I am very excited and very enthused to have Dr. Michael Blackman on the show. So Dr. Blackman has been focused on population health and analytics and just medical in general for a while. And in this certain time, not to date this podcast here, but in a certain uh, point in time in uh, medical history and health history, uh, the phenomenon that's going on right now, I thought it would be very valuable to have uh, Dr. Blackman's perspectives, uh, but most importantly, hear about his story and his passions of health. Um, I'm not going to steal his thunder, but Dr. Blackman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very excited to do this with you. And as you know, you know, origin stories and, and where we've been is very important and it sets up our foundation for the present and for the, the future. Tell me a little bit, Dr. Blackman, about your past tell me, or tell me about what led you to become the person you are. A little bit about your origin story. Yeah, so I'm a, a primary care doc uh, by background. I'm MedPeds trained, trained at a large inner city uh, public hospital in Florida, and then went into full-time practice. And at the time I first started going into practice was the when electronic health records were starting to roll out. This is uh, for people who are familiar before meaningful use, so before they became um, incentivized by the, by the federal government and really started to see you know, where that could take us and how we could use you know, somewhat the automation, but you know, putting that information together to help truly improve care and make care more widely available. You know, and if I fast forward to you know, where, we've, where we are today, if I think about healthcare historically in the United States, you know, we paid, you know, and this is all prior to the Affordable Care Act, you know, better known as Obamacare, but we paid for health uh, like it was a privilege and we treated it like it was a right. And, you know, whether you think healthcare should be a privilege or whether you think healthcare should be a right, the dichotomy between the two and trying to, you know, treat it one way and paying for it the other way is, is frankly fundamentally incompatible. Um, Obamacare has moved us to really trying to pay for it like it's a right, treating it like it's a right. And, you know, as we talk about treating the entire population, how do we do that? How do we do that effectively? Um, because frankly, it costs a lot of money. We don't have unlimited funds to do this with. Uh, and we don't have unlimited resources in terms of people, you know, whether that be physicians, nurses, pharmacists, and everybody else involved in the team, because healthcare, uh, frankly, is a team effort. And only the other piece that sort of goes with that as we look at treating the population is that a relatively small percentage, and a lot of studies sort of estimate about 20% uh, percent of, uh, of one's health outcomes are directly affected by the health care provided. Every, you know, the rest of it are sometimes lumped into a category known as social determinants of health, things like exercise, smoking, drinking, diet, and you keep, housing. You keep going down the list. Um, but you know, incorporating all of that bringing it together in a way that makes sense and is helpful and efficient to provide the best care we can for the best possible outcomes. I love it. I love it, Dr. Blackman. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I, I really, you know, really appreciate that perspective. Um, so much, obviously, you know, like you're mentioning, and a lot's going on right now with, um, you know, the way we pay for healthcare, the way we've been serviced for healthcare, um, with, maybe related to COVID-19 uh, or not, how should we all be thinking about care today or what are some, and what are some things that need to change? So I'd love to hear about the present 
you know, what are some things that, that you, you find um, very interesting and fascinating that's going on right now in health that sets ourselves up for a good you know, future. So I'd just love to hear more about the present. Well, so, we, so medicine historically has been uh, piecework, for lack of a better term. We had a fee-for-service payment system, meaning you did something, you got paid for it. Um, and if you did it again, you often got paid again. Um, over the past several years, you know, that's been shifting. We've been moving more to a you know, value-based payment system, and I'm not trying to suggest that we see this system across the board. We don't um, yet, but we're moving towards it. We start looking at outcomes. And then because those outcomes are multifactorial, how do you get the right players together? How do you appropriately incentivize people? And how do you bring, most importantly, the patient into that mix? Um, it is much better when healthcare is done with the patient as opposed to to the patient. Um, like a lot of things, if you're directly involved and have a stake in the outcome and understand those pieces, you know, as we, you know, one of the things that's happened, you know, in the middle of the, of the coronavirus pandemic is that we've seen people doing a lot of things remotely. It was, you know, trying to work from home. We're trying to stay apart, all of which, you know, makes good sense epidemiologically and medically, there have been tools around for quite some time to help, you know, do tele, help with telemedicine. Um, you know, whether that be visits with your primary care physician, specialty consults, um, you know, telemedicine used for a long time, frankly, you know, from one hospital to another, especially rural hospitals that had limited access to specialists. You might consult a neurologist you know, remotely or, or some other specialist in the event of, you know, an acute event. Um, but its use in sort of daily, you know, outpatient medicine existed, but, but limited. Um, it certainly, some of that had to do with payment, uh, which a lot of those, some of those regulations have been relaxed over the past couple of months. But most importantly, people said, wait a minute, this really works. And as a primary care doc, I'm not going to suggest that uh, you know 100% of everything that primary care physician does in the office can be done remotely. It, it can't, but a lot of it can. Um, so does that? So that creates greater ability and perhaps greater efficiency for more people to be seen. And as we try to you know cover everyone and get everyone the healthcare we need, we're going to need to do things like that. The additional piece is you know all of the monitoring that we have at home. You know simply from the location tracking on your phone, but let's take a, a very common disease like diabetes. Well, what used to happen to me when I was in full-time practice is a patient would come into the office dutifully keeping track of their blood sugars in a book. I'd look through it and look for you know, highs and lows and look for patterns. But what if we could get that in real time? You know, so that, that connected glucose monitor, which are now mm -hmm. available, goes you know directly you know through the results come in on a regular basis through an algorithm not that and frankly be way too much data for you know all of your diabetics and other appropriate conditions for a human to review that data on a daily basis but not for a computer have an algorithm that looks at it and then then the computer then presents to a human here are the x number you know hopefully small people who someone needs to physically contact today who do you need to talk to so you can intervene sooner keep these people out of the hospital, um, keep them healthier, which is better for everyone. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, this is, this is really great. And I really appreciate your perspective and, and, you know, seeing these pieces uh, that have been in place and starting to come together and mold together and, and shape themselves up for, you know, this, this, uh, this value-based world that we're in is, is very fascinating. There's also some promising things that I think that the current crisis has uh, exposed with healthcare in a good way. You know, um, sometimes thing, you know, problem areas in healthcare need, you know, air and, and sunlight, right, <laughs> to expose the, the issues and the opportunities. Um, I guess what I'd love to hear now, you know, based on kind of some of these things that you're mentioning, Dr. Blackman, how does this shape ourselves up, you know, for the future? What are some things that you see happening more or less of uh, for us to finally be able to get, at least here in the United States, to a model where we can effectively, cost-effectively, efficient, uh, efficiently, you know, care for people in, in the best way possible? So tell me a little bit about the, the future you see coming to fruition. I, I mean, the best way to be wrong about something is to try to accurately <laughs> predict the future. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do think as, as we move forward, we're going to see more of, you know, more of that, you know, internet of things to help us monitor patients, mm -hmm. more proactive reach out. You know, we've seen a tremendous shift to outpatient medicine from, you know, many things that used to people used to be hospitalized for are now treated as an outpatient. Um, we're going to continue to see that shift because outpatient care and is, is less expensive. Um, the monitoring is getting cheaper. It's becoming more accurate. We're going to need to do things to control costs. Um, you know, we spend you know, roughly double per capita on healthcare than, than most developed countries uh, who have frankly outstanding healthcare systems. If we had outcomes that were twice as good, we could justify that expenditure. Our outcomes aren't twice as good, mm -hmm. but how do we, you know, present information to the right people at the right time? You know, I commented before that, you know, healthcare is a team effort, which it absolutely is. And directing people to the right members of the team, making the right members of the team available, you know, thinking about social determinants of health, you know, if I'm seeing someone and I think they need to get more exercise and they need to improve their diet and we have a discussion about it and they're interested in doing that and they, but I don't realize that they live in a place where it's not safe to go out at night or they live in a food desert. Um, unless they tell me that or I'm aware for, uh, or something else makes me aware, you know, the advice is great, but the patient can't implement it despite of their best intentions. And, and so, you know, mm -hmm. if we can have, you know, social determinants data, you know, frankly, zip code based data to say, Hey, this pa you should be aware this patient lives in a food desert mm. Then you can refer them to in a, you know, not that the primary care physician or end using clinician is going to necessarily, you know, take all of the next steps, but at least then you can say, Oh, this patient's at risk because they live in a food desert. Therefore, and this becomes, you know, working with the team and the whole system, we have mechanisms in place for an appropriate referral to a nutritionist, food bank, whatever mm. the case may be. So, you know, you can then hand it off to the next person on the team and we all work together. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. I'm right there with you. And, and it's interesting how the needs of, of, of people are changing and to be able to do that directly and efficiently and more holistically, you know, it's definitely a paradigm shift 
with uh, with providers. Um, but you know, there there is so many services. I'm right there with you. There's so many services and and uh, organizations at a local level at a zip code level that can help people out there, patients out there. You know, down to down to a local level, and it's so super fascinating to see that that infrastructure, data, IoT, you know, EHRs, uh, and financial models for the healthcare organizations are aligning to to serve up this uh, this uh, this firm foundation for the future, Doctor Blackman. So I'm, yeah, I'm right yeah. there with you, and this is yeah. super. The, yeah, yeah. I would say one of the problems is, is sort of knowing about those things, mm-hmm. and for a you know clinician in the middle of a busy day. Um, that's not what they're going to know. So we need to bring that information, you know, to, to their attention in an easy, in a way that's easy to access mm, mm, and, gets, no. and, get, and gets pushed because the fact of the matter is that in the busy of, you know, when you're, uh, you know, most you know, outpatient clinicians have a full day of patients in the office mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be overbooked. You want to spend as much time with people as you can. You want to give people the time they deserve. Um, but it ends up being rushed, right? Uh, unfortunately, right. So asking asking an end using clinician to say, "Oh, you need to now go look something else up in the middle of that visit," is, you know, from an idealistic perspective, I'd love to say that 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 would work and people would do it. Um, unfortunately, that's not the reality. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm right there. I'm right there with you, Doctor Blackman. And um, you know, the, your your um, clinical experience, I think, is is always, always key. You know, you can have IT and workflow experience with EHRs, but, you know, having the, the real life view and, and the experience to be brought in to have the perspective that you bring to this, this, uh, you know, this, this relevant age that we're in is, is super key and important. I greatly appreciate it, Dr. Blackman. Um, you know, before we, uh, you know, one, one other thing I'm always curious about with our guests, as you probably know, is, and especially now, you know, um, I'm always kind of trying to hear what people do that are in health uh, for their own personal health, for their own well-being. What are you doing currently during this uh, this current uh, global scenario? I don't like to use the word crisis, but this current global scenario to stay healthy. What are you, what are you doing on a personal well-being? Um, any habits that um, you're finding joy to doing? Uh, just curious, as as you know, everyone in health has to stay very resilient. Being you know, as an essential organization, you know. Um, tell me a little bit about your habits on a weekly basis that you've been, uh, you know, taking some joy to. Well, certainly, you know, making an effort to, you know, appropriately watch, watch the diet and all of those kind of things. But fortunately I, I live in a place where the weather has been good. So I've been able to get out and out and walk and exercise outside. Um, I know that's not possible everywhere, but that's worked well for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's really critical and key. I think um, more importantly now to to fuel resilience and uh, you know immunity. You know, workout and diet is is critical uh, and key more than ever, Doctor Blackman. So um, right there with you. Um, let me ask you. So our uh, one of my, my my very last question, I promise, is um, so first of all, as you continue your work and focus on this field and and continue to add value like you've been doing, love to have you back on the show. Share your your experiences. Share um, your, your latest and greatest of what you've been focused on. Uh, but our very last question or, or for you is, uh, contact information. If our listeners would like to get a hold of you, reach out, say hi, um, what would be a good way to do so on social media or, uh, personally? Um, I can be reached on LinkedIn. Um, it's linkedin.com slash 
in slash Michael dash B dash Blackman. And that's probably, the, that's probably the best way to, to reach out. Uh, or they can reach me by email. It's mblackman65 at gmail.com. Super, super. Well, uh, Dr. Blackman, we'll link to that in the show notes and uh, really appreciate your time. This was really super powerful uh, during this current modern healthcare world that we're in to get your perspective, to hear what you've, you've been focused on. I'm really grateful and appreciate to hear your story, see where you've been, the current focus that you've been focusing on and how your continued work will serve up for a, a firm foundation for the future. So uh, this has been great, Dr. Blackman. It's been a blessing to have you on. Um, really appreciate it. This Thank you. Great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>